Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. What would you say to a Latter-day Saint who has a lot of questions about what you believe as a Christian? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we introduced the show by explaining that as a ministry, it is our desire to equip Christians with information that will allow them to have an intelligent conversation with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In yesterday's show, we talked about some of the resources that we have available on our website at mrm.org. Today, we want to talk about a book that I wrote back in the 1980s. I just barely gotten started in the subject of Mormonism, but because I was being asked a lot of questions from some of the Latter-day Saints that I was communicating with at the time, I noticed that a lot of these questions were pretty much the same. Maybe the wording wasn't always exactly the same, but still the heart of the question was basically the same. I found that there were about 30 or so questions that I was hearing more than others, and I put these questions into a book titled Answering Mormon's Questions. It was self-published at the time. Of course, I was a nobody then, pretty much a nobody now. And so I had to publish this on my own. It was eventually picked up by Bethany House Publishers in the early 1990s. And then Eric and I went through the book, and we revised it, did a lot of real serious revisions, updating a lot of the information that was in the book, as well as throwing in some what we call bells and whistles that would also help readers to better understand the subject in order to convey what they believe to members of the LDS Church. But when you and I worked on answering Mormon's questions, and Kriegel publishers picked it up, like I say, we did a lot of revamping, but the basic premise of the book remained the same. In other words, each chapter is a question that you will probably be asked by a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints if you were to get into a conversation with a member of the church. So why shouldn't it help you to kind of know up front what you may be asked as well as be given some information how you can respond in a concise manner. This book was not meant to be exhaustive by any means. There are certainly a lot of good books out there that can tackle some of these subjects in a more lengthy format. But we did have various sections in the book that will help you go right to the area where you're probably more interested in, like Section 1, the LDS Church, Section 2, Christianity, Section 3, God. Four is the topic of salvation. Five is the Bible. And section six is Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon. Every chapter would ask the question, like chapter one does, why won't you accept Mormons as Christians? 
do you think we're a cult? Now, not every Latter-day Saint is going to ask it that way, as you referred to earlier, Bill. It's going to be asked differently, but this is a huge issue. So what we decided to do was use the Socratic method and provide some questions you could ask back, because the better you could uh, narrow the topic and understand what they're asking, the better your conversation can be. So some of the response questions for Chapter 1 are, would you please define the meaning of Christian? I think that's an important one, because I want to know what the Latter-day Saint is thinking when he says Christian, and if he thinks I'm the same as he is. Or why does it bother you that I, as a Christian, won't accept Mormonism as a part of Christianity? If you think Mormonism's beliefs are Christian, then would you consider my beliefs, quote-unquote, Mormon? And why do you think uh, people assume that your religion is a cult? So just some questions to get the conversation going. That sub-question we had, do you think that our church is a cult. I remember the publisher questioning that. You really want to say that? And they were pretty adamant that they didn't want to include that in there, but we insisted that that be in there. It's not a word that we will use in a conversation with a Latter-day Saint because we know it's a pejorative term. We certainly understand that, but we have had Latter-day Saints ask us using that word. Many Latter-day Saints are concerned that they have been labeled a cult by a number of Christians. There's been whole books written on that subject using the four-letter word cult, and naturally they are curious as to why we would say that. I think that's fine. I would love them to ask me a question like that, because even though I don't normally use that word in the course of a conversation, if a Latter-day Saint is going to ask me about that word, by all means, I'm going to address that. And I think it's fair for Latter-day Saints, if you're listening to this show, you should ask us as Christians, why do we think about you the way we do? I certainly want to know why you think about us the way you do. Because in understanding that, I can better form a lot of the questions that I may have that hopefully will start us in a very engaging conversation. And that's exactly what we want to do. And this book, I think, provides the resource to help a Christian better engage. It's good to have in your arsenal somewhat of an answer that you can give to an individual. One thing that we often say when we go to churches and trying to educate people in a public venue is you don't want to come up with a game plan when you hear the knock on the door. That's probably one of the worst things you can possibly do. If you want to engage people coming to your door, whether it's members of the LDS Church or even if it's Jehovah's Witnesses, members of the Watchtower Society, it would be good to have somewhat of a knowledge of who these people are and have some responses ready for them, have some questions ready for them, and hopefully that will give you an outline of where you want to go. But when you hear a knock on the door and you look out the window and you say, oh, there's members of the LDS Church, what are you going to do? Jump behind the couch and wait for them to go away, or would you rather engage them? I would hope it would be the latter. I don't know how many times you've brought that up at meetings that we've had and a lot of chuckles in the audience because they've all been there and done that. It does happen. After the questions, we do give a citation from one of the general authorities. In this case, we cite from Joseph F. Smith, and then we give a summary, a paragraph summary, and that's kind of one of those educational ideas of letting the reader know exactly what is going to be 
included in this chapter. So we give the summary for chapter one, and then uh, at the very end, we include questions for discussion, three or four different questions that could be used in a group study. You want to discuss what you just learned in the four or five pages from each of those chapters. And then we end with a paragraph called an evangelism tip, because we want you to be able to know how to use this in an evangelism situation. And granted, missionaries might not be coming to your door, but you know a Latter-day Saint friend, co-worker, or even a relative, how can you use this answer to bring up the gospel? So we try to make that readily available for you. I like the questions for discussion that we included in there, because as you said, this book can be used for a group discussion. I've used it in that kind of a setting where we go through each chapter and talk about some of the questions that will come up and how we can readily respond to them. So that's a very helpful section in and of itself. But then we have at the back, we have Appendix 1, Appendix 2. These sections at the back, I think, are also helpful. For instance, Appendix 1 is 10 questions for members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, such as dealing with the subject of keeping the commandments. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that we talk about that a lot. One of the reasons why we emphasize that is, one, it most certainly is a huge doctrine within the LDS Church. But at the same time, if you were to talk to most Latter-day Saints, they try to give the impression too many times that they really are saved by grace, almost as if they believe in grace as we would as evangelicals. And even though they have a doctrine of grace in their theology, they certainly do not believe it the same way that we do. Yeah, when it comes to Appendix 1, number 6, based on what you've just said, Bill, salvation it says, because 2 Nephi 25:23 says that people are saved by grace, quote-unquote, after all we can do, have you done all you can do? How do you know when you have accomplished this? That's been so successful for us over the years. And it's a very simple question that I don't think is all that threatening. I think it's very inquisitive, because if that is a verse from the Book of Mormon, and you do believe the Book of Mormon to be Scripture— And if you wanted me to join your church, I assume I'm going to have to believe the Book of Mormon is Scripture as well. Well, if that's in there, I would hope that the Latter-day Saint would be able to answer that question. Otherwise, if they can't, maybe it's not a good idea to join the LDS Church. That's the whole point. Why would you join a church that has things like this in their Scripture, certainly things like 2 Nephi 25-23, which, according to how it's been interpreted by LDS leaders, makes the restored gospel, as they understand it, to be impossible. But then we have Appendix 2, ready references for witnessing to Mormons. These are what I call snippets. I have used these at the high school setting in a Christian school to help teach students where to go to find different verses that could be uh, utilized, such as, uh, for instance, Numbers 2319, God is not a man, just learning a few words to each of those references so that when you're talking to somebody, you don't have to just say, well, it's all found in the Bible, but you can say Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says we're saved by grace through faith. That's all you need to remember. You can always go turn to it later, but just knowing what the addresses are. I think that's a lost art for many. They just don't know where to go. Just to add on to what you say there, I I think we should have a pretty good handle on where these verses are. Although I admit we can't memorize everything, but for some of those verses that are probably going to come up in a conversation, it would be good to have a handy knowledge of where those verses can be found. 
At the beginning of the book, we do have a number of people who have endorsed the book. I, I just want to read one or two, if we can. Uh, Dr. Ronald Youngblood was a translator of the NIV. He was a professor that you and I both have had at, at the seminary level, Bethel Seminary San Diego. This is what he said. Answering Mormon's Questions is the first volume that should be read and consulted by anyone who is interested in this topic. McKeever and Johnson have produced a carefully researched and ironically written book that should be in the library of every Christian pastor and church worker and of every college and seminary in North America. Recommended without reservation. Uh, Bill, I need to say, uh, Dr. Youngblood was a stickler for precision, and he would not have said this unless he believed it. I remember papers that would have read all over them, especially in my early years of seminary, because he was a writer. He was so good at editing, and he read the book, and he told me, he says, you guys did a great job. He was intimidating, too. I remember how he used to ask questions of the class, but he wouldn't just take hands. He would go down the row. And when you saw that your row was next and he was getting close to you, you really paid attention because he's going to ask you a question. You better have the answer to that or you're going to feel awfully silly. But he was a very good teacher. One more quote that we have is from a good friend of ours, Marv Cowan. I have been a missionary in Utah for more than 50 years, and I have read and reviewed many books on Mormonism. Answering Mormon's Questions is one of the most practical books for helping readers respond to LDS claims with solid, thoughtful answers and still show Christian love in doing so. It will be a great help to anyone who witnesses to Mormons. Bill, a place they can get this book would be online. You can go to anywhere from Amazon.com to Christian Books to Barnes & Noble and even our own bookstore on MRM.org. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.